Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reputation Matters. I'm Chelsea Craig, and today I have the pleasure and honor of speaking with a true entrepreneur, Neil, owner and founder of Up Habit, the personal CRM that you all need, business owners and operators alike. Neil, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks very much, Chelsea. Before we hop into the conversation, because I know we have a lot to talk about today, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, about UpHabit, the you know background of the business so we can understand? Sure. Well, I'm an eight-time serial entrepreneur, so not just once or twice, but eight times I've been a founder or co-founder. So I'm a kind of sucker for punishment that way. And UpHabit, I decided to start because I sold my last business and then I lost touch with all the contacts that I had in my life through that business. And I had 2,000 corporate clients at the end. And I, you know, I really missed having those connections. So I thought I'm going to build a personal CRM for people where they can manage their network and their relationships throughout their entire career. That's great. And I love, I mean, the best products come from when you see there's a need and an opportunity, but, uh, but eight time entrepreneur, I mean, definitely the definition of a serial entrepreneur there. And with all that experience, I'm sure you've had some, some good and bad uh, reviews and reputations. What, what experience have you, have you kind of seen throughout the years? Wow. I know. I think one of the first ones we did was app reviews because we, my last company was one of the uh, first apps on the app store. The first day it launched, it was 552 apps in the world and we were one of them. So we went through some interesting app review experiences with people that didn't know what an app was <laughs> uh, on the iPhone. And uh, also been through G2 crowd where we crushed it and we were really uh, the leader in our space. And I've also have experience with Glassdoor and what that's like. As a, as a founder, I, I often hear from, from business owners the, the pain that Glassdoor can cause because, you know, it's, it's your photo up there. It's the thumbs up, thumbs down. How did, how did that kind of feel? I imagine yours were all five stars. Yeah, well, my last business, I think just before I sold it, I was at about 4.8 out of five. Incredible. Uh, yeah, and with UpHabit, it has been five. I just got one negative review. I don't think, it, you know, the interesting thing about these um, reviews, is, especially the anonymous ones, you don't know if it's a competitor. You don't know who it is that's posting. But the reality is it's just a, a fact of life. And, you know, for all those new founders out there, you will get both positive and negative reviews. And you shouldn't really worry about it so much uh, from Glassdoor. Just make sure that anything that kind of hits home, that you absorb on it, act on it. Uh, but don't let it worry you so much. I love that advice. And, and I really couldn't have said that better because you can't let it derail you from your day. But what you also said is if there's something there, act on it. You know, if there's something credible to take away from it, but you can't let it derail you. I know you and I were speaking last week about kind of a more in-depth situation that happened. Could you, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if you remember the first day of the App Store. It was July 10th, 2008. And I launched our app with my last company. We were, a, we were a business-to-business expense management app. So if you think of Concur or Expensify, I was a third player in that market where I beat those guys all the time. And um, we decided to launch our mobile app as a companion to our, our B2B SaaS product. So it meant that you had to be a you know, corporate customer of ours and then employees would download the app and be able to fill out their expense reports on their phone, which was revolutionary at the time. But Apple didn't have a category for that kind of thing. Actually, I don't think they still do, really. Basically, you have to list your app as free because it's not something that the end user pays for. The company licenses your product at the, you know, at the server side, and then the employees can use your product. So what happened with UpHabit, or sorry, with my old company, um, it was called Nexania, is that we were listed on the App Store as a free app, 
Well, when people downloaded the app, because there's only 552 in the world, so there wasn't a lot of selection, they would download it thinking it was a free app, and then they'd realize they'd have to sign up as a corporate plan. So I got, you know, I don't know, hundreds of one-star reviews with really kind of unkind things said about us, because apparently we were lying because we were a free app, but we weren't really free. And, you know, it's just the nature of being, you know, there at the beginning is people didn't really understand back then what a SaaS app was and how a Canyon app might be free to a paid corporate plan. It is, it is crazy. And there's, there's definitely a gift and a curse with being the first in a new space. Well, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because our Android app, we launched it about a year or two later. It had four and a half star rating because it launched when people knew what a SaaS app was. But our iPhone app was was mired in 3.0 or something out of five because we had this legacy of all these one-star reviews. So one-star reviews up to 3.0 is still quite a feat. How did you how did you go about kind of bringing that change? Well, it was kind of interesting. I was sitting around in the office one day and I thought, you know, I got to fix this. I forget who asked, but I think on our, oh, it was on our, our G2 crowd rating we were getting dinged for our mobile app because it was down at three on, on iOS. And I went, that's just not right. So what I decided to do, I was sitting down there trying to figure out how to solve it. A lot of companies will actually release a new version of their app, which means everybody has to download the new version. They just name it a little differently. And then they log in with that one and then they can rate that one. And I thought, well, I could do that because some companies have done that to fix the bad you know, rating thing. But I thought that would be a great inconvenience to the tens of thousands of people that were using our app on a daily basis that really liked it. And, and, I, and I, I sat and I thought for a little bit, I said, okay, I'm going to write everybody an email. So we didn't typically write the employees of all of our customers who were using our app. Uh, but in this case, I did. And I wrote them an email and I said, I have two ways to go with this. I can, we can issue a new version of the app where, you know, you get new ratings from scratch and you start out with, you know, a zero or a five out of five and you go from there. Or I said, what I wanted to do is that would cause an inconvenience to everybody. So I don't want to do that. What I just asked that is if you do like our app and if you do appreciate what it is, if you could just go on the app store and, and give us a rating um, to kind of, and I explained the history of the early days of the app store and what happened when everybody didn't understand what a, a free app to a, a SaaS uh, product and company was. And lo and behold, we ended up with hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews. And it just lifted our app rating all the way up without us having to cause any inconvenience for our users other than to send them that one email. And what was really cool about it is I got a, a, an incredible amount of response to my email say, oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I love your app. You know, you know s- some people have told me we om- they almost enjoyed doing expense reports. Now, of course, if they said they enjoyed doing expense reports, you'd think they were crazy. Uh, but these people would get right on the edge and they'd say they almost enjoyed doing their expense reports. So it was a really... Um, it was a great way to kind of, you know, our reputation in that platform and do it in a way that actually garnered even stronger support from our end users. Yeah, I mean, I, that is beyond a case study of a story there. You, you solved the problem. And as you said, you just created brand champions, which is incredible. One of the things that you did that I don't think companies realize there's so much power is 
you you created a bond with your customers. You've involved them in the process and the story. And when we talk about reviews, reviews are ultimately written from emotion and typically either really bad emotion or really good. And you you were able to tap into that by bringing the human element and writing them a letter, appealing to them, involving it. I mean, just kudos to you. It's ingenious. Well, thanks. You know, I, I am, I've always been really obsessed with customers through my entire career. Uh, with my last company, it was very similar. We we obsessed over them so much that I had a channel, which are third parties that actually represented and sold our product into their customer base. And I remember one situation where I heard from a sales team at one of my competitors after I'd sold the business. And they said, I said, what was it like competing with me? And they said, well, he said, one story, I was at a trade show. I walked up to one of your channel partners to introduce myself. And this this gentleman was part of a really big player in our industry. And he said, hi, I'm from X. And she, and the person uh, across from him, who was a very well-respected industry player, looked down at the person's badge, looked up at him and said, I'm with Neil, and left. <laughs> so, so it was like trying to compete with a brick wall sometimes, but it didn't come because I was trying to do all kinds of you know weird sales strategies or all this kind of stuff. I just cared so deeply about my customers and my channel partner that they knew where I stood. They would mock me about, you know, I would always say the answer is yes, just ask the question. And they would mock me about it, but they also knew that it was true and that I always lived up to it. You know, those kind of things go a long way. And I, I, I still remember that and I'll probably remember it for another 20 to you know, 50 years. One of the other things I meant that that you mentioned in one of our prior conversations about reviews, I was I was very impressed how focused you are on customer feedback. And and being candid, I reviewed some of, you know, read some of the reviews in your app store, read some of the responses that you as the business put. And it seems like you're not only just responding to respond, but you're actually listening to your customers. You're getting feedback from them to understand how you can, you know, continue to to create that great experience. How, how do you manage, you know, getting all that feedback, deciding what, you know, basically how do you manage that? It's a lot. Well, I'm, you know, amongst everything else, I'm a pretty uh, product obsessed founder. So I'm the one with my last business, I defined a, an awful lot of my product, even though we ended up selling with 150 employees. Uh, same thing's happening with UpHabit. Like I just love, I, I, I do trainings. I get on Zooms on a regular basis, typically two or three a day with some of our uh, new customers. And I, and I show them the product and then I listen to what they're telling me. And then sometimes, oh man, like I was on a call on Friday with a gentleman named Nick and he had a couple of things that he thought weren't quite right. And I, I looked at it and I said, you know what, Nick, you're right. I'm going to, I'm going to test them on the weekend. I'm going to let you know our lead engineer should have them resolved tomorrow and we'll post them to Apple and he'll have a version that addresses all of, all of his questions or concerns by Wednesday. And I just love doing that. And if I don't know how else you can build a business other than being obsessed about your customers. And I mean, it's a definite reason for your success. You're on success number eight, and there's that's that's definitely not by accident there. Well, yeah, and you also have to love what you do, right? So, you know, if someone is not doesn't really have the customer bug, it's really hard to get them to have the customer bug. For me, it's just part of my DNA. So I love it. I love I love working with my team. I love working on the product, and I love customers. It's just a joy to talk to talk to them and meet with them and learn from them already given us a lot of really great nuggets, but do you have one or two kind of maybe quick tips for other either business owners or, or someone who's 
not as experienced as you are in, in properly handling either the reviews or the feedback? I'll give you one on feedback. You know, in your business as a founder or, you know, in an operating role, you're going to make mistakes. Sometimes they can be pretty big mistakes. I remember we were an expense vendor, so we dealt with financial data. And I remember having to contact uh, a customer, a bunch of customers, but one in particular, and say, um, you know, those credit card transactions we're sending in to your accounting system automatically? Well, we flipped the sign on your uh, credit card charges. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, you know, by the way, we, we fixed everything in the database that we could, but these, and I, would, I would sent them a report saying these 22 transactions, the, the sign is flipped. So I don't, we don't want to touch them in your accounting system because clearly you might have done something with the transactions, but we wanted to be upfront with you and to let you know this is what happened and what safeguards we've put in place to make sure it won't happen again. And what this, this customer did, and they're now a publicly traded, they went public during our support of them. They said, Neil, we already noticed the transactions and we fixed them, but the fact that you came to us without us talking to you and told us what had happened, we'd love you even more. So... My my message is when you're really honest with your customers and when you make a mistake, you own up to it. There's never a but in a in a in a real apology. So it's just you made a mistake, it's wrong. This is what we're doing to fix it, and we're very sorry. They typically will respect you even more. Don't don't worry if you make a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. It's how you handle it that will set you apart. You are dead on. We actually we use that tagline a lot when we just in general talk about negative reviews. Every review, every Business is going to get a negative review. Every We're human. We do things wrong, but it's how you react, how you handle it that really matters moving forward. Yeah, no, I had I had one review about a month ago where uh, the person gave us one star because we had too many features. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. If you asked us, maybe if you could you know, turn some features off so it made it a little more comfortable for you and not as busy, that would be a nice request to ask of us and we'll do it for you but I don't think it deserved a one-star review. So sometimes you just got to live with what you're, what, what you get and, and people can be in different circumstances during the day when they write something like that. And it also could be competitors that are out there that are trying to bring down your reputation. But, you know, for those founders out there where your heart's in the right place, just keep plugging away. You will win in the, in the medium and long run. So not to worry about it too much. Just do the right thing with what information you, you receive. You certainly have a lot of expertise to talk on this subject. If if anyone out there wanted to get in contact with you, both to, to talk more about this, maybe vent about reviews they've received, or just learn more about UpHabit, which is truly an incredible product that I myself use, how can they contact you? Well, it's really simple. They can find me on LinkedIn. It's Neil Wainwright. I'm not the English retired soccer player. I'm the entrepreneur in Toronto, Canada. And if you connect with me on LinkedIn, please just put a little note saying how you're reaching out to me, because we all do get a lot of LinkedIn spam these days. And I don't want to say no when I should be saying yes. I can also provide my calendar. So if anybody wants to chat further, we can book a Zoom meeting. I think everybody on the planet knows how to do Zoom these days. I'm just happy to help people in any way, shape or form I can. I've got a lot of scars. I got a lot of gray hair and I've got, you know, healed bruises from my journey over the years. And if I can help anybody else with it, I'm, I'm be thrilled to do so. Battle wounds that, that make you tougher. Well, Neil, thank you again for coming on today, sharing your story, being so open. I really appreciate the conversation and just the, the time to speak with you. It's my pleasure. Thanks very much, Chelsea. Of course. And we will include all of those links both to Neil's LinkedIn as well as his calendar in the, in the show notes um, for you to reference. Thank you again for listening today, and we hope to hear you again next time. 
Thank you for listening. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. Before we go, I want to thank the sponsor of our show, Rhino Reviews. Rhino Reviews can help your business with all your review generation and reputation management needs. If your business could stand to benefit from a strong online presence, and let's be honest, who can't? Visit us on the web, rhino-reviews.com to learn more about what we can do to help. Until next time, don't forget, nine out of 10 buyers Google a business and decide to buy because their reputation matters. Thank you.